Welcome to Their Story Podcast. My name is Tino Obarka, and I'm so excited to introduce my very first guest. She was born and raised in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs. She attended Southern Illinois University in Carbondale and graduated with a degree in exercise science. She then went on to Franklin College and graduated with her master's in athletic training. She currently is a certified athletic trainer and covers women's tennis, women's soccer, men's basketball, and baseball. But above all else, and most importantly, She's very near and dear to my heart, my big sister, Janelle Abarca. Janelle, it's great to have you, and I'm super excited to have you on as my very first guest, and I think you're going to help me lay a beautiful foundation for where I want this to go. Um, so thank you. Thank you for having me. So kind of a little bit of background for yourself, and I know we've talked about this, but the listeners as well. Where I want this to go is, and the purpose behind this is, there's a lot of resources out there, and I know you know working in a Division three institution, um, you know, I've been through college and, and all that, but there's a lot of resources out there, but I want this to be another outlet for student-athletes, you know, the youth, next generation, anyone who is currently writing their story, um, building building their own experiences, and that's why I, I wanted this to be a guest-based podcast because not only do we have experiences like yours where you're working as an athletic trainer, but I also want to bring on you know, administrators, uh, current collegiate athletes, former collegiate athletes, um, you know, professors, teachers, uh, counselors, you know, sports psychologists, anyone that is around student-athletes or is around you know, the youth um, that like I said, can give their experiences and, and can help someone, uh, you know, with their experiences and writing their own story. So again, thank you. And, and let's start here. So you are currently a certified athletic trainer. Um, take me through uh, two things. Take me through a day where, you, you know, it's game day. And take me through a day where it's an off day where you do your office work and preparation. Okay. Um, so normally on game days, I wake up, um, let's say it's a Friday basketball game or Saturday basketball game, you know, whatever it may be, kind of get up in the morning um, early, head over to um, team breakfast, guys are eating, and I'm kind of in and out of the athletic training room with setting up coolers and getting ice and water and um, the AED and splint bag and athletic training table and making sure that my kit is fully stocked with things I may need on the sideline, um, setting up the gym while the guys are doing their walkthrough, then they'll do film. I'm still in the athletic training room getting things ready. Um, and then, you know, they do their walkthrough, they'll do a quick, you know, shoot around, and then we wait for the team to get there. And again, I'm in and out of the athletic training room. The guys are coming in, you know, getting last minute things, stretching, heating, doing whatever they need to do. And then, um, you know, they'll go get changed. They'll have a chat with coach and just in the locker room, kind of get together and kind of talk about the game, you know, whatever they'll do personnel. And then they'll come to me, they'll get taped. They can, um, we usually listen to Justin Bieber in the athletic training room. That's kind of my, Justin Bieber on game days is our really big thing. And, you know, it's just like a very upbeat atmosphere. We're getting ready for game day. I'm a big, you know, running through the hallways. I see a coach. I'm like, game day, you know, fist bump. You know, we're really excited for game days. 
So they'll come in, I'll tape them, they'll, you know, roll out, I'll, you know, use the hypervolt on them, kind of make sure that they're loose and ready. And then, you know, the visiting team will come in. They're usually, um, they'll travel their athletic trainer, they'll come in. In our conference, you know, we're very friendly with our athletic trainers. They know that they can come in, use anything they need. And then um, they'll kind of go out, we'll watch our teams warm up, and then, you know, it's game time. So, you know, I personally like to stand behind my bench and, you know, I'm a water girl. I'm, you know, making sure that I'm checking for blood in between timeouts. I'm keeping an eye on the guys on the bench while keeping an eye on the game, making sure that whoever's out, you know, is, you know, doing okay. Whoever's in is doing okay. And so in between, um, halves, you know, I'll go talk to the athletic trainer from the visiting team, make sure that they need anything, um, refill waters, I, you know, run into the locker room right before the coaches go in during halftime, just kind of check it, make sure everyone's okay, nobody needs a retape, nobody needs anything. And um, so I'm standing most of the game, which as a young athletic trainer, I think it's just kind of the excitement in me that I just want to be up and moving around and I can't sit still where, you know, other athletic trainers may sit at the end of the bench, may sit behind the bench and just kind of watch the game. And I feel like I just need to be moving. I need to be involved. Um, and then, you know, game, you know, hopefully we win. Everyone's doing well. But um, after that, it's just a cleanup. And I could be, you know, there for, you know, between nine and 12 hours on a game day because, you know, guys may come in after, you know, can I get a nice bath? You know, I know you don't want to stay late, Janelle, but can I get a nice bath or can I, you know, do recovery because, you know, I'm going home tomorrow or whatever so they won't be on campus. So, you know, sometimes they'll do recovery, sometimes they won't. So could be, you know, nine, 12 hour day, but that's kind of what game days look like. A couple things on that. I uh, visited you and walked into your athletic training room and course Justin Bieber was on so that's so that was um you know an observation uh and um you know I watch the streams you know every every sporting event um that you're a part of I try to catch a stream at least at you know certain parts of the game and, and you're right you know you're pacing you're walking around you're you know you're never standing still so I've, I've definitely seen that but yeah take me through uh a, an off day um so I'll usually get into the office between um, 9 and 10 every day and um, usually Sunday evenings, actually, we'll start there. Sunday evenings, I kind of open up my schedule on our platform where athletes can sign up for rehab. So, you know, say Monday morning, um, I go in between 9 and 10, and I have rehab slots open at every half hour that athletes can sign up for rehab. Um, so between, like, 9.30 and, say, 1.30, I've got slots open at the half hour for athletes to come in. Um, to get treatment, whether it be because they had an injury, it's um, preventative care. You know, I have a lot of kids that are like, you know, my knees have been bothering me. I want to come in before anything happens and do some rehab, do some strengthening. Um, it could also be we have a lot of still these COVID return to play protocols where athletes need to come in and follow this return to play protocol before they can be released to, to practice. So sometimes, you know, they'll make appointments to come in and do those or concussion return to play protocols. And um, that's kind of my 9 to 1.30. I'm working with athletes in between 
that. I'm kind of filling out paperwork. You know, what did we do today? What exercises did we do? Um, where are they in their protocol? You know, do we need to regress or can we progress in the protocol? And then, you know, things, you know, slow down after 1.30 because I stopped taking appointments. Um, athletes are coming in and out, you know, fill their water bottles. I always, you know, stress, stay hydrated. You know, they're coming in to say hi. Um, I share an office space with two other athletic trainers and we have kind of a sitting area where athletes will come in and they'll sit down and they're like, oh, Janelle, you know, I got really hard Spanish test, you know, this afternoon and they'll come in and chat and, you know, it's really nice to know that they can, they, you know, have this relationship with me where they can come in and just kind of tell me about their day. It's not strictly sports related or strictly injury related. And then um, I have one of our um, master's students come in and they are working on their clinicals for athletic training. So they come in and, you know, they'll help me get waters ready and take things out to wherever we're having practice. We're having soccer practice, you know, we'll go take water out to the soccer field, come back in, tape people up if they need it, and then just kind of wait for practice. And then we'll go out to practice and just kind of sit and make sure that everyone's doing okay. But practice days, you know, we're just kind of sitting and watching. We're not really doing too much, so it's pretty relaxed. Um, you know, get anyone ice that they need after practice, and then I get to go home. You know, sometimes I get to go home. You know, if there's a 3.30 practice, I'm home by 7 o'clock. If I have a 7.30 practice, I'm not home till 10. So, you know, but I can also, I have the flexibility to kind of alter my schedule if I know I have a 7.30 soccer practice that, you know, my rehabs, maybe I'll push back. Like I won't start rehabs until noon, but I'll push them from noon to 4.30 so that I have, you know, I'm not there all day and I have a little bit of time to myself in the mornings, do rehabs, go to practice, get home for the next day. Clearly a lot of time spent with the team and, you know, I've followed you and teams that you've been a part of and you, you very you know, very much are a part of the team. So how important is it for you to stay prepared, stay, you know, on top of everything you need to, to stay um, on top of, just like these student athletes, you know, they have to, um, you know, they, they have to train, you know, diet, practice, um, academics. You're a part of the team, but you have to stay prepared in your own way. How, how important is it for you? Because you spend so much time around them. You're at games, you're at practices, you're there for recovery. Um, you're there when they're not there. So how important is that? Is that for you to take care of what you need to take care of so you can be there for them? Um, I actually, it's funny, I saw an Instagram post a while ago that was like, you know, you gotta make sure that you're prepared so that you're there for your athletes. And I, you know, that really struck me because, you know, I'll get home if I do have a 7.30 p.m. Um, soccer practice, get home at 10.30, and then, you know, I'm still kind of, it's hard to wind down, you know, that quickly, so, you know, I don't get to bed till 12, but the next day I may have a 3.30, you know, soccer practice, so I want to open my rehab schedule a little bit earlier, so the turnaround time is a little bit quicker, so I really try to make time for myself to unwind and relax as much as I can, get enough rest, you know, get good meals in me, but sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult where, you know, a lot of the times it's packing lots of little snacks. Um, so throughout the day I can, you know, be fueled and ready. But I think it's also just, for me, it's 
making sure that I get to know my athletes in a way that, you know, I know like, you know, this person usually comes in on Mondays and they check in with me and, you know, you know kind of remembering like, oh, they had, you know, that Spanish test, like, you know, I want to check in. How did that Spanish test go? Like, let them know that I care about more than just, you know, is that sprained ankle healing or not? Um, and then just for me, fitting my schedule, you know, to make time for them, but also it's like, all right, if I have an early practice, you know, I can go work out afterwards. Or if I have a later practice and I'm coming in later, I can go work out and um, come into work later, or I know that I have to go to the grocery store, but you know, I don't want to go late. I can go in the morning. So it's just kind of shifting my schedule around, you know, what's going to work for them. Because a lot of the times too, you know, I may, you know, want to start a little bit later and say, do rehabs at noon, but I also have to be conscious of the fact that they are student athletes, they go to school. So I have to be aware of their academic schedules and know, you know, labs on Thursdays, you know, athletes can't come in from a certain time because they've got a big block. So have to also be, you know, conscious of that. And so it's a lot of kind of almost like Tetris with my schedule and like fitting things in different, in different places. There has to be, I would think, a lot of trust between the athletes and yourself, yourself to the athletes. Like there's, there's got to be mutual trust there and strong on both sides I'd imagine um for one physical health I mean you are in in you know taking care of their bodies but um you know like these kind of personal relationships you know they tell you about their their exams they might tell you about something you know in their personal life whatever while being taped up this and that and how how important is that 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 trust factor um whether it's with something personal whether it's with um athletics like where, where um, have you seen that be you know, really important in your profession? And um, how, what would you tell, you know, two-pronged question, where would, what would you tell someone, you know, maybe a student athlete who isn't as trusting of their athletic trainer, um, maybe doesn't, but also maybe doesn't know that you know, building that relationship um, is as important as it is? I think just kind of building that rapport with an athlete right off the bat is super important. I mean, I, I newly certified, so I just started um, at the institution I'm at last year. And, you know, obviously the juniors, sophomores, juniors, seniors had a previous athletic trainer before I started. So, you know, I was a little bit nervous, you know, and I knew their athletic trainer before. So, you know, I can't compare to your old athletic trainer, but, you know, here I am. I'm here for you, kind of letting them know that they can come to me. I'm going to do my best to, you know, give them the best care that I can. And, you know, just kind of taking those little tidbits of their life and remembering things. And that's kind of how you build up that trust. Like, they'll start to tell you things if you remember, you know, oh, yeah, like I remembered, you know, you were telling me about this show. Like, very little things that, you know, they're like, oh, she pays attention, you know, she remembers. And I think that that's very helpful. Um, I actually, it's weird, on Friday I had an, an, a student athlete who um, transferred, who was coming to visit, and she came in and she spoke to me and she was like, you know, just wanted to come say hi. She goes, you don't, she's like, I don't think you realize the impact you made in my life. And she was, you know, coming back and I, not that, you know, I mean, she was a freshman last year, so, you know, she didn't know anyone 
before me at the institution. So I think it was very, you know, it felt good for me to know that I had made a difference in her life and she came back and she thanked me and, you know, she's like, I'm still figuring out my life, but I knew I had to see you and like, thank you for like, you know, so I don't even really realize the impact that I make in, in lives. But um, I would just say for an athlete, you know, even if you had a previous athletic trainer, just kind of slowly but surely put your trust into whoever is working with you because we're there to provide care, you know, whether it's physical, mental, emotional support, like that's, you know, and, and I hate to say that's my job because I don't want athletes to be like, well, you only care because you have to, but I, you know, it goes beyond that. And I do care about my athletes and, you know, I have very personal relationships with all of them. And so it's, it's, you know, being at the division three level, I think it's just a little bit closer just because it's a small institution. So I can really build up that trust and that relationship where they can come in and tell me about their relationships when my athletes just got engaged and, you know, he was telling me about that. And so it's like nice to have those relationships and them to be able to tell me just about everything that's going on in their lives. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so great to hear. And because, like I said, you really are a part of the team I and mean, you spend almost as much as, you know, time with your athletes as they do with one another, as they do with the coach, other support staff. So, um, you know, people talk and, and, you know, about more than sports. So, um, you know, those conversations, um, you know, probably mean just, you know, a ton to them. On that topic of trust, where, you know, the parents come in and that has to be a tough spot for parents to be in to have their, you know, their sons, their daughters, um, you know, putting that, you know, their bodies and, and health care in the hands of someone else. So, and I, and I know you have some good relationships with parents and, um, you know, parents have given you Christmas gifts and, and other things along the way. So I think that's awesome. And um, how important is that relationship with parents as well? And, and um, you know, where do you see that just kind of, um, you know, in comparison with trust of an athlete? Because I think both are super important. So at the collegiate level, it's just a little bit different because, you know, you don't have to, I mean, a lot of, most of our athletes are over 18, so there really isn't a lot of communication with parents about, you know, injuries and stuff. Like, there's no, I have to tell a parent anything. So a lot of the interactions that I have with parents are usually at games, you know, or um, if I see them, you know, when they're visiting, you know, athletes may bring their parents into the athletic training room and like introduce them, which is really nice. But um, I've had a couple athletes where, you know, they've had doctor's visits where I sometimes like to go and, you know, we have a team doctor, he's really great. And so I like to go with the athlete too, to just kind of see, um, you know, did I make sure I got the diagnosis right? And are we on the same page as far as like a treatment plan? So parents might be at the appointments as well. So I get to know them in that way but I think um, letting them know like you know that I'm doing everything that I can to help you know their athlete whether it's going to appointments with them and making sure that the doctor and I are on the same page or um, making sure that the athlete knows that I'm here for any like you know do I have to refer you out to someone else for other things like I'm gonna you know do my research I'm gonna do what I can and I let parents know you know 
to what I can tell them. So athletes, you know, they'll obviously tell their parents things and then they'll come tell me and it's like, well, I can't give you too much information, but, you know, based on what they've told their parents, you know, I can kind of share how I'm doing things, what I'm doing. Um, I did have an athlete who had two concussions um, pretty close together and so the parents were were pretty involved, you know, in in certain aspects, but I think that just letting them know that I'm doing what I can, you know, to protect their child and give them the best quality of care while, while you know, they're at school and, you know, they're at home. Um, I think that's just important for parents to know that, again, that's my job and it's not, you know, I have to, but, you know, it, it comes with the territory. Why athletic training? Um, why not? <laughs> Well, Someone's what <laughs> you you someone has to do it, but you started somewhere, so um, no. So I, you know, sports were a big part of our lives growing up. I actually didn't play a sport. I danced, and not until a little bit later was dance, you know, officially considered a sport. But I was very active, you know, when I was younger, and you were very active in sports, and we we're a big sports family. So, you know, I kind of knew I wanted to do something related to sports, but then, you know, science and, you know, since grade school was just like, I was good at science. And so then when I realized that you can kind of combine it and the exercise science, you know, getting my undergrad in exercise science, I was like, okay, like now, you know, what else can I do with this? And there's just so many outlets with exercise science. You can do physical therapy, you can do athletic training, you can do um, like personal training, you can do just a lot of different things you can coach. I mean, there's different outlets that you can go. And I just kind of liked more of the like working with athletes aspect where, I mean, physical therapists can also work with athletes as well, but there was just something, you know, I, athletic training was just kind of one of the options and I looked into it and I really liked what I saw. So it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this and I mean, at first it was, you know, do I want to do physical therapy? I worked at a physical therapy company um, right out of undergrad and kind of saw what that was like, but also was able to shadow athletic trainers. And I was like, I think athletic training is what I want to do. And to be able to be kind of this first responder and, you know, sport at sporting events and be, you know, someone who wears many hats, whether it's, you know, um, diagnosing and treating an injury or being kind of someone that knows about nutrition and mental health and, you know, several different things, working with concussions. Like, I was able to take a lot of what I know and just kind of compact it into one profession. I've seen you, um, I, I shouldn't say I've seen you. I, I went to a a basketball game recently that you covered and uh, someone went, went down on the court and as that happened I was looking down at the program so I you know the one you know go to watch the game but I also go to there you know I'm there to support my sister <laughs> and I'm looking down at the program just kind of getting some more background on the players and you know I do see you walking back um, to the bench from the court and you know, I, I missed my sister's time to shine up uh, when something like that happens uh you know athlete goes down you know you see a collision you see knees collide see an ankle being rolled and there's a break in the action whether it's you know whatever sport it is 
where does your where does your mind go? Is it is it hard to keep that professional mentality at times because you are so close because you are a part of the team? Um, but at the same time, how you know how focused do you have to be in those moments? Because it's it's got to be like it's, it's time to work, you know. Um, I'd like to preface this by saying that we never want a time to shine. Um, never want to have to, you know, run onto the court, run across the field for anybody. Um, but, you know, for example, one of my women's soccer players, she, she got hurt. And, you know, it's like, okay, like, yeah, this is my time to shine. But, you know, it's like you have to you go through kind of your mental checklist of what do I have to do in this situation? Okay, this is what I saw. You run onto the field, speak with the athlete. This is what they're telling me. It's just everything is processing so quickly and you have to figure out what's my next step so quickly. You don't really have time to be emotional or you know think about, oh my God, what am, you know, you focus on the athlete and the injury. What can I do for them in this moment? whether to take them off the field, is it a quick, can I just look at this on the field? Are they okay? Can they get back up? Do I have to take them off? If I do have to take them off the field, you know, it's a quick, what do I need to do? What do you need from me? Um, and she actually ended up breaking her foot, which in that moment, it's, it's hard to tell that athlete, you know, you can't go back in, especially because it was at the beginning of the season, this athlete, you know, she was so ready to play and it's hard to be like, hey, this is one of your first games. But, you know, you know that it's the end of their season because of this injury. And so you have to kind of, in a way, tell them like, okay, you can't go in this game. Communicate that to the coach, which is also a really big thing for us is having to be that liaison between athlete and coach and telling them, hey, your athlete can't go back in, figure out a different, you know, plan and this is all happening you know during you know our medical timeout or whatever it may be so um it's just kind of a quick this is what I need to do we'll be emotional later we'll talk about it later we'll figure things out and you know there have been other injuries a little bit more traumatic where you're like scared nervous what do I have to do um luckily there hasn't been anything too traumatic yet hopefully never get there but you know, you just have to do what you're supposed to do and then kind of process everything later. I'm glad you, you brought that up. I, I don't think any athletic trainer wants their, their time to shine. Um, where's that relationship or communication between yourself and the coach? Because oftentimes you are probably the, the middle man or the, the middle woman um, between a coach and an athlete and you have to do what's best for the athlete at all times, um, no matter if it's might be detrimental to the team or what might seem detrimental to the team, um, but might work out in the long run because they might be um, you know on the court, on the field, um, you know, in the swimming pool longer um, because you you're doing your job what you're supposed to do. So where's uh, talk about that communication and um, kind of being that, that middle person between coach and athlete. So I actually have um, an injury report that I update every day for my coaches. Um, each individual sport, each coach is able to see the injury report for that sport. 
And so, you know, after my rehabs, I update that injury report and I let them know like, hey, this person um, or these people, you know, are good to practice. This person has some restrictions. Like, you know, they may be on a time restriction because of a protocol or they may have to do non-contact, you know, drills or whatever. And then we have the, you know, cannot participate for this reason. And it's funny because I, I am, you know, the middle person. I get a lot from the coaches. Well, you know, what if we, you know, can they practice this day and maybe take this day off? You know, I really want them to get reps in, you know, here. And it's like, you have to, you know, kind of put your foot down and be like, if you want them to play on Friday, like I need, you know, to give them X amount of days of rest or recover or whatever it may be. But then you have, the other side from the athlete where it's like, do I have to practice? Like, can you just say I'm injured? And it doesn't work like that, you know? So, you know, you're, you're here to, you're here to play, you want to play. And, um, so it's a lot of that where, you know, coaches may be trying to pressure me to get an athlete back, especially if they're, you know, one of, you know, they're important to the team and they might want to get them back quicker, see what they can do. Um, to get them back onto the field or back onto the court as fast as possible. And sometimes it's hard for me to say no because, you know, I, I need to make sure I do what's best for them. Like, I also, it's hard explaining to the athlete too. Like, I know you don't want me to hold you out, but if you have a concussion and I put you out too early, there are things like second impact syndrome where, you know, that can damage their brain further if they get hit again or, you know, I want them to understand that you're playing at this level for, for the most part, for most athletes, you're only playing at this level for four or five years. And I'm thinking of not just these four or five years, but I'm thinking long-term. I don't want, you know, you to, something to happen to you where later on in life, it's going to affect you. Like I want to kind of get you better now so that it also doesn't affect you later on in life. Like, you know, people with knee injuries that, you know, no, I can go out and play, like, I'll just, you know, pop five ibuprofen, I'll be fine. And it's like, okay, but do you want to be able to run around with your kids in 10, 15 years, you know? So I kind of have to put that perspective into, you know, their minds and also into the coaches' minds, like, hey, I understand, like, you know, there's a game, but if it's not, you know, sometimes it also depends. If it's not a super important game, like, I'm not going to rush an athlete back. I'm going to make sure that they're fully, you know, ready to go for a conference play or for whatever it may be. Um, sometimes we may do a little bit extra if, you know, there is, you know, it's end of the season almost, you know, we'll try and do something to kind of speed up recovery. But for the most part, I do what I have to do in that moment and communicate that to both coaches and athletes. When you said, you know, you're thinking long-term 10, 15 years, um, and, you know, running around with their, their children, um, you know, I, I know personally, you know, friends, um, you know, through past experiences that some student athletes might have children already, you know, while they're working with you. So, uh, I think that's a good segue into, there's a lot that these student athletes handle, um, you know, their academics, family relationships, um, and athletics, of course. How, you know, where are you kind of on that, um, you know, scale of well-being and, you know, you, you touched on some, you know, mental health and stuff like that. Where, where are you? Because you also, 
you're deeply entrenched in the athletics being their athletic trainer but um you know when you're having these you know taping them up or um kind of checking up on them or if they stop in your office you know between the day of walking to class do you tell them hey you know relax maybe take a day off or um you know where are you kind of on that and how much do you care about not only their their, their physical health but their you know mental health just just well-being in general um i think that it's like i said important from the beginning to kind of get to know these athletes when we do their um, pre-participation exams before or like their screening their physical screenings before the start of the season to make sure that you know we check everything they kind of give them a physical we also kind of touch on um, mental health we give them a questionnaire kind of see where they're at and there are you know certain questions that you know if they say that you know sometimes you know they feel sad or you know whatever like I'm reaching out to all of my athletes but you know I pay attention to you know athletes who may say like you know I get really overwhelmed with my schedule or I get really overwhelmed when we have late practice so I try and touch base with them you know as much as I can I'm sending texts you know um, whether it be individual texts or in you know the group messages um, and just letting them know like whatever I can do to support you, let me know. Like, it's not just, I'm not a, a counselor and I, but I know, um, I'm actually, um, there's a program that's like mental health first aid. So we're, you know, I'm trained in that where I'm able to kind of identify some, um, signs that, you know, someone's struggling with stuff, whether it be just like, you know, they're anxious about their classes to, you know, noticing substance abuse things or even just like things that, you know, where athletes might harm themselves. So I'm trained to like kind of see those things. And because I don't have, you know, again, I'm not um, a counselor, you know, I'm able to refer them out to a specific resource. I let my athletes know, like, if there's anything that I can do, you need to let me know because I have the resources for them. I just need to have them let me know how I can get them there. Um, but I mean, you know, I do make sure that they know that I care. You know, it's just because soccer season has ended, you know, I don't completely lose communication with my soccer athletes until the next soccer season. You know, I'm constantly checking up on them, making sure that they're okay. And um, I do have two men's teams. And I think that. I stress a lot with my men's teams, like, you know, if you need anything, please reach out because, you know, there's a stigma behind mental health and, and men that, you know, oh, just kind of toughen up or, you know, don't show emotion, you know, whatever it may be. But it's okay for athletes to, you know, be sad or be homesick or, you know, be going through relationship problems, whatever it may be that, you know, let them know that they have someone to talk to. If they don't want to go to their coaches, they don't really want to talk to their teammates. Like, come and have a conversation with me. If you need further help, I'm going to help get you there. Yeah, that's that's so important because at the core of all of it, these student athletes are human beings, and whether these um, you know, athletics are eventually a profession for for these uh, athletes or um, an escape, or maybe it's just paying for their school, right? Because let's be honest, 
some athletes don't want to play professionally. Some athletes just are talented and have gotten a lot of money to do that in college. So, um, you know, but at the at the core, they are hu um, human beings, and um, you know those those struggles that you know that adversity doesn't doesn't leave. Um, you know, it, they might have that escape for a few hours at practice at a game, but once they leave, they you know, they might still have piles of homework. They might still be going through a breakup or something at home. So, um, what what are some common misconceptions about athletic training that you might have um, maybe before school that you might have thought going in and realized like, okay, this this isn't that way or, or this is that way, um, or things that you hear or um, you know, not everyone knows everything about your profession, so you might talk to someone you haven't talked to or even a family member, and they might ask a question here or there that um, actually might have nothing to do with what you do or, or everything to do with what you do, and maybe no one asks. Um, so what are some misconceptions uh, with your profession? I, so when I was, you know, finishing up my undergrad trying to figure out what to do, I had to look into, you know, what's the difference between an athletic trainer and just, you know, you see the word trainer and people just kind of lump anything that has trainer, whether it be personal trainer, athletic trainer, um, fitness trainer, whatever it may be, um, together. And even now, at, you know, the athletic training community, we struggle to kind of advocate for the profession and say, you know, we you know, a personal trainer works in a gym and they help you reach their, your fitness goals and they're helping you, um, whether it's lose weight, gain muscle, kind of just being that motivation for you. Um, and a lot of people are just, you know, I tell them like, I'm an athletic trainer. They're like, oh, can you help me work out? Like, can you help me, you know, lose weight? And it's like, well, I don't, you know, I'm not a personal trainer, I'm an athletic trainer. And, you know, having to explain to them that we do, so much more than just, you know, I think, you know, on um, Monday Night Football, you might see the athletic trainer running around with the Gatorade bottles, you know, where, you know, people joke that we're, you know, glorified water boy, water girl, you know, I got my master's to fill water bottles, which that's, you know, part of, part of the job, but, you know, it's just so much more than that. It's, you know, preventative treatment, um, making sure that athletes are in shape, it's diagnosing and treating an injury. It's rehabbing. It's being able to treat a concussion. It's being a first responder. It's being someone who is um, familiar with skin diseases and you know illnesses and um, being able to kind of recognize different things. And it's the broken bones. It's the mental health, like there's so many things wrapped into it that sometimes it's, you know, you have to have this little like elevator speech to give to people like this is what I do and kind of try to compact everything but you feel like you just, you can't get it all out because, you know, 10 seconds in people are like, okay, so you just work with athletes. Like that's, you know, but it's, you know, there's so much that goes into it. And, um, you know, it's like I am a medical, um, on the sports medicine staff. I am a medical professional. Like that's something that we are also trying to get across. Like we have um, national provider identification numbers. Like we are medical professionals. You know, you see 
that we learn how to spine board in certain situations. We are CPR, AED certified for the first responder. Like if someone goes into sudden cardiac arrest, like we know what to do. You know, it's not just taping ankles, it's literally saving lives sometimes. Yeah, that's powerful. All those responsibilities wrapped into one and you're right, 10, 15 seconds, it's probably way too much for even, <laughs> even me, that would go over my head. Um, there has to be a common appreciation between athletic trainers, um, ones that you currently work with, have worked with, you know, will work with. And, um, you know, I guess that's just maybe any profession. You know, you see someone, uh, maybe it's banking and you see another banker. Maybe you have this kind of, um, you know, connection that you don't even need to establish. It's already there. But, you know, I know you've worked with, you know, others um, in the past and you keep in contact and and you just like I root for your teams that you cover um, I'm sure you root for their teams that they cover so where's that where's that general appreciation and, and how I guess how cool is that um, well I mean athletic training is everywhere now and it's 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 growing you um, you know, years ago, you didn't see athletic trainers in middle schools. You didn't see them working in factories, but athletic trainers are quite literally everywhere now. You've got athletic trainers in the school system starting in, you know, middle school where sports, I mean, wherever sports are being played, middle schools, high schools, at the collegiate level, at the professional level. Um, a lot of companies hire um, athletic trainers, you know, to make sure that they're um, employees are, you know, well taken care of, and you also see them in um, doctors' offices. A lot of doctors hire athletic trainers to help, you know, especially orthopedic doctors to help with um, kind of those follow-up visits. The athletic trainer knows, you know, they've worked with the broken bones. They can help with, you know, I know one of my friends, she works at a physician's office and she helps with the casting, you know, someone breaks their arm, she's in there, she's helping cast the athlete. Or um, they're in the surgeries watching. I did a really cool clinical rotation where I got to watch a couple surgeries and it's really cool to kind of take, you know, you see, you know, the bones, ligaments in a textbook, but you get to see them firsthand in the surgical room. and. Um, it is really cool to kind of, you know, see where the profession will take you. I've had a friend who worked for a professional football team and just like, you know, I, I don't, you know, follow professional football, but, you know, if his team is playing, you know, you try to look on TV and see, you know, can I see him in the background, you know? So it is really cool to see that. And, um, the National Athletic Trainers Association has a convention every summer where, athletic trainers get together and you just see athletic trainers from everywhere um, coming together and, you know, being able to share stories. You have athletic trainers that, you know, go through really traumatic experiences like, we, you know, we saw with um, the NFL. Um, but, you know, they, everyone has different stories to tell what they've seen and just being able to swap stories and like swap like really cool ideas like you know an athletic trainer may be like so you know this athlete had shin splints like this is what I did and I would never think like oh that might be like a really cool treatment to use on one of my athletes so it's really nice to to kind of 
share stories and see, you know, how to incorporate other things into my practice. Um, and athletic trainers are also always just doing research. That's another big thing. The research is just always flowing. So you're always learning. Um, we're required to do continuing education. So we're just always learning as well. You know, what's phased out, what's phased in, what cool new modalities. The, you know, massage gun is like a huge thing. You know, how can we use that? And so it's really cool to just hear from, you know, everywhere. Yeah, just like with any medicine, I know if I were to ask you what I do, if I had a cold, you'd tell me something different than what mom would tell me. And um, I would do something different than what you or mom would tell me. So I think that's the cool part is that there are different methods and different different routes, avenues you can go down, um, all for the, the common purpose of just making sure this student athlete's gonna be okay or this athlete in general is gonna be okay, professional, um, you know, amateur, whichever. One thing I, I, I really wanna do and um, you know, I maybe touched on it a little earlier, but I, I want to tie all this together, um, you know, from episode one here to episode who knows where this will go, um, how many episodes, you know, five, ten, you know, five hundred. I want to tie them all together um, because the, the genesis of this, you know, idea was to help that, um, you know, those upcoming athletes or to help just the upcoming individual who might listen to this or might watch this and um you know might not know much about athletic training might not know much about um you know other professions or um other sports you know bring other you know athletes on that um play sports that you know are non-revenue sports or professions that maybe someone doesn't have a complete understanding of and um you know every you know individual and just like we know your profession is so you know can be so complex at times. You, know, you carry so many responsibilities. At at the core of it, you know, the, the bottom line is, you know, myself, yourself, your colleagues wanna help someone, both in you know in your profession, but at the at the you know, the student athlete, um, the the youth, next generation, whichever, um, whoever, whoever turns this on, um, can take little bits and pieces of what you said um, and apply it to their lives, whether it's in athletics or not. So um, what, what advice would you give to the next person that is gonna be on this episode? Not knowing, um, you know, I've talked to you about people that I'm planning on having on and will have on, um, but what advice would you give to the next person? Um, it can be professional, it can be personal, it can be Anything? What? What? One? One or two lines would you give to um, the person that will be, you know, sitting in your chair next? Um, I think I would say just be completely candid. I think, you know, in the generation of podcasts and social media, I think people, you know, put out what they think people want to hear versus you know what you have to say. So I think just you know be candid. Be, you know, speak whatever's on your mind, not necessarily what you think people want to hear, but, you know, what, you know, let your voice be heard and say what you want to say. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you came home this weekend. Um, you know, this, we're recording this at the end of February, so um, might be a few weeks down the line once this is finalized and published, but thank you for, you know, not, not 
spontaneous. This wasn't a surprise, but um, you know, you also I don't think we're planning on coming home for uh, maybe a while. But you did this weekend, so thank you. I was glad to have you and, and appreciate you everything you do for me. Um, uh, I know I talk way more than um, I, you know, talk way more than you do when I call you, and I always kind of apologize for like, oh, sorry, I'm talking about myself too much, you know, want to hear more about you and what you do and how you are. Um, so I think this was great. I just tried to sit back and listen. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Good luck.